Slate presents The Center, video host, DC Radical One. Greetings, Black family, and welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, DC Radical One, and you have entered the center. Shout out to our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby. You can check us out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio at On The Wake Up Radio. Also, you can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com. And also, you can find additional content by myself at otwtube.com. That is otwtube.com. And brother, you got ripped off, says that I have not started the banner. Appreciate that, brother, because this was kind of a last minute decision and will be a relatively short uh, live stream. I had actually planned to uh, have some sisters speak last night, but I did not get the um, variety of sisters and the type of response that I wanted. So I decided to scrap that and then just deal with today's topic and table the sister discussion for another day. Um, where I can um, get the variety of sisters that I want. I was looking for a variety of ages and also a variety of uh, relationship statuses. And uh, the sisters that were interested were all, um, with the exception of one who kind of noticed late. Um, they were all around the same age. So that is why we're here today. But the reason we're here today this early and I won't be that long is because I actually have somewhere to go and something to do, have some business to take care of. Um, so, of course, I see our wonderful producers here. Greetings to our wonderful producer, uh, BB48 and Street Black Friday, Brother Elijah, BB48, and you got ripped off. Uh, I thought I saw Brother Patrick in the building, unless I was mistaken. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Peace and Black Power. Straight Black Roger, Brother Patrick, as well. And um, so everybody seeing the chat. So let's uh, get started. And also, don't forget to smash the like button as you come in. Yeah, I see you, Brother Patrick. I didn't see you at first. Don't forget to smash the like button as you come in. And also, I'd like to thank all the new subscribers, even though I don't necessarily see the new subscribers here. Uh, thus far, but our subscriptions to the channel have gone up a lot and we're creeping up on the 250 mark. So uh, my goal was to at least try to get 500 this year. And so we're kind of right there because I believe um, we're nearing the halfway point of the year and we're nearing halfway of 500. So I think I have Brother Jeannie to... I think I have Brother Jeannie to um, thank for that. Definitely had a lot of subscribers come in since that show. And the reason I haven't done anything since that show is because, of course, we had the Street Black Love Day cookout last Sunday. And um, I thought I'd be able to take some time away after that. But that turned out not to be the case. 
much to my dismay. So been a very hectic last couple of weeks, both preparing for the cookout, which went very well. Um, you know, we had free food for the community and uh, we had a good turnout and it was uneventful. Um, had a misunderstanding as far as um, the location we were at had a misunderstanding with some people as far as it being uh, already being um, reserved. But other than that, everything else, everything went well. And that was small. So um, what I wanted to talk about today, and again, don't forget to smash the like button. And also you can follow me on Instagram for those who are not following me on Instagram at dc.radical, the numeral one, and on Twitter at dc underscore radical underscore O-N-E. And if you look along the bottom, the email should be along the bottom as well. And the cash app is dollar sign DC Radical One, all one word. I want to talk a little bit about this Derek Chauvin case. And I want to talk about the Derek Chauvin case uh, leading into something else that happened recently. And I, I don't have that case up in front of me, but I will actually do a video for the second case. And so, as we know, uh, Derek Chauvin received 22 and one half years for the murder of George Floyd. And I just I just wanted to get see what people thought of that. I was trying to think of. Had I I can't recall any case uh, reading seven, 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 ninety three, eleven. Um, I can't recall any case of a police officer receiving more time for um, brutality against a black man. Um, Brother Patrick, let me know what was the um, what was the result of the Abner and the Weimer case? Like what type of time did they get? Because I can't remember. But I know that um, I know you remember the case. So you may know or you may remember the outcome. But um, I don't remember being completely honest, anyone getting any police officer getting more time for brutality against a black person. Um, I know way back in the day, Rodney King, people didn't get anything like anything. Um, they didn't get anything. Yeah, they were not guilty. That's why L.A. happened. I just had a flashback. I was like, wait a minute. Nothing. Yeah, they didn't get anything. I'm trying to think of the major cases. I can't remember the, what happened in the Sean Bell case. Uh, um, I don't think anything happened with um, uh, Ab, what was it, Abdul Diallo? I'm getting names mixed up. But the point being is, even though I, I don't consider it a victory, it was a landmark decision. Um, you said the cop got 33 years. For which case, brother? Um, because wow, that I don't know how I missed that. Like literally, the only cases I remember where there was really real justice was um, James Bird, and of course, you know, two of the three people in the James Bird case were executed, and though no one will ever admit it, I always attribute that to the work of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad and the new Black Panther Party of that era because they went down to Jasper, Texas. And I've talked about this before. And 
they pretty much made the statement that have justice the easy way or the hard way. And but again, there's a that was a totally different case because those people were not law enforcement connected and they will the uh system was willing to sacrifice them. Um and they did. They they uh two of them have already been um executed. Okay, one okay, brother Patrick says one cop got 33 years in the Admiral Women case. Okay, all right. Well, if that's the case, then um that is uh that means that Derek Chauvin without question got off like that. The Admiral Women survived. And George Floyd suffered a long and excruciating death. So our comparative analysis says that that wasn't really justice to if that's the case, right? So that I mean, but that gives us that's a good that gives us a good one-to-one -one comparison, I believe. Um, because that was a national case in the heinous crime, and it was uh, you know, that was the era before social media, so it wasn't something that everybody saw, but it was so big that everyone heard about it anyway. Of course, that was in New York. I was, yeah, I was in DC at that time. And so, yeah, we heard about it down here. You know, people heard about it everywhere. And it's so long ago, I don't even remember. I don't even remember what year that was. I have no clue what year that was. But so this goes to show then that, um, that Chauvin got off easy. And of course, the other people who, I guess their cases haven't been adjudicated, the other two or three officers, I can't really recall, their cases have not been adjudicated. And so without question, because they didn't actually murder George Floyd, their uh, sentences will undoubtedly be less. But what I wanted to do real quick, I wanted to just play the clip that I found. It's only a two, three minute clip where the family is talking to George Floyd and you know at sentencing one of the things they do is they allow the family to speak um about the impact of the crime on the family so I'm gonna play that and then we're gonna talk a little bit about that case and uh brother Patrick said Admiral Wing was in 1999. All right thank you for that brother. So we're gonna play this clip real quick and then we'll come back. Was murdered. Derek Chauvin almost emotionless as George Floyd's brother struggled to ask what still torments him. I wanted to know from the man himself, why? What were you thinking? What was going through your head when you had your knee on my brother's neck? Seven-year-old Gianna said her dad's spirit was still around her. Yeah, I miss you and I love you. Falona said he still wrestles with nightmares. For an entire year, I had to relive George being tortured to death. The family impact of Floyd's murder, part of the sentencing, and for a first time from Chauvin's family, his mother defending her son. My son's identity has also been reduced to that as a racist. None of these things are true, and that my son is a good man. For more than a year, Chauvin has shown no remorse. He broke his silence today, but didn't apologize. I want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information 
in the future that would be of interest. He didn't explain, but he and three other officers face new and separate federal charges this fall. Judge Cahill said his ruling was not influenced by sympathy or public opinion. The court commits you to the custody of the Commissioner of Corrections for a period of 270 months. That's 22 and a half years, less than what prosecutors wanted 30 years, but a step ahead in a painful and exhausting battle for justice. It's a start. I mean, you have to ask the question, is 22 years worth some party's life? Moving forward, what do we need to do or what needs to happen so we no longer have to go through this no more? Today represents an opportunity to be a turning point in America. One down, three to go. But many are left wondering, will America seize the opportunity? So, Susan, the sentencing, obviously, a significant milestone, but what's coming next? Yeah, the next tough part, I mean, a policing reform act is still stuck in Congress. Multiple cities are debating whether to make changes to funding the police. And then there are the three trials of the other officers coming next year, and those may be more difficult to prosecute. So civil rights activists, they're empowered, but they're anxious to keep this momentum going in. Thanks, Susan. Now, um, I had forgot that Ben Crump was at the end of that, but I should have known. Uh, somebody said that uh, emotionless beast. Yeah, it, it's very interesting that they noted that he has shown Chauvin, that is, has shown no remorse. And it, you know, it's, it's just so weird, man. The, the, these quote unquote people, um, they show us who they are through their actions. Not just when they murder us and brutalize us, but their reaction to murdering and brutalizing us. Now, this is a man who, you know, the whole world saw him just kneeling on a man's neck for no reason whatsoever, uh, brutalizing a man for no reason. Now, he's going to say that some other evidence will come out later on, and maybe it will. Who knows what that evidence is or what he thinks it will show. But the reality of the situation is, as a police officer, if you wanted to detain uh, the man for a crime, he was detained already before you ever put him on the ground. So there was no, no reason to do that. If you wanted to take him in and you can't take him in while he's on the ground, you have to take him in in a vehicle. So I'm not really sure what evidence he thinks he has you know, he violated all police procedure. He did it in front of the whole world. And the delusion man, of this person, this beast, and the lack of remorse that he showed and to get his mother up there and have her talk about he's not racist. Okay, let's say he's not racist. Then he even has even less reason to be brutalizing this man because George Floyd was prone he could not resist in any way shape or form if he was going to resist he would have resisted before right he would have because george floyd is like what six foot six six foot seven he could have picked up Derek Chauvin and choke slam you know he could have picked him up and threw him through the door of the uh of the um corner store if he want you know what i'm saying if he was going to be a threat like a man that's six seven and 230 40 pounds 
if he wants to be a threat, you're going to know it immediately. And you're, you're not going, you're going to have to shoot him because he can pick you up and toss you around because he's six foot seven and 240 pounds. Plain and simple. So the idea that there's some justifiable reason to do what they did in the manner that they did has to be one of those most ridiculous things I can think of. But what it shows us is the mentality of the people that we're dealing with, that our, not only our murder, but our us being brutalized, there's always a justification in the minds of these beasts. There's always a reason. There's always a justification. There's always in their mind, there's always a thought that I did the right thing. When I shot this person, I did the right thing. When I uh, tortured them or when I uh, choked them out or when I, whatever the case is, some type of way, is always our fault. There's always a justified reason. And of course, we know Dr. Wilson talked about this um, in ISIS papers and the fact that in the subconscious of the European male, the black man is never unarmed because he's armed with his genetic potential. And while I believe that some of that is true, and some of it's just the nature of these people and their origin in the caves and they're just their their anti-life essence you know the nature of the european is to destroy and and just rape and pillage and just i mean the history has shown it we know this and this this shows it right but i want to bring up another story and i didn't have a chance to find it to bring it up, but I, this is this is this just shows type people we're dealing with. It says shameful George Floyd statues unveiled for Juneteenth vandalized in New York City and New Jersey. So here we are looking for. I mean, we just celebrated Juneteenth, and we just celebrated Juneteenth, right? And they just put these statues up. And the first thing people want to do is vandalize the statue. Like the statues haven't been up <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, five minutes. And they want to, well, they didn't want to, they did. They vandalized the statue. For what reason? It is it's so deep when you think about it, right? Because here we are. And like this whole thing is really crazy when you think about it. A man is killed. So one of the few ways that we get a statue, it gets immortalized for getting killed, right? George Floyd, let's be honest, during his life, wasn't some type of revolutionary freedom fighter. George Floyd wasn't putting in work on the police. Um, George Floyd wasn't, uh, as far as I know, now somebody correct me, like wasn't part of, you know, uh, new civil rights 
uh, movement or any, anything like that. So he was, he was, he got, a, he has statues because he was killed. So really, he didn't do anything to white people. Let me see how I can bring this story up real quick. All right. Okay. Here we go. You can bring it up real quick like that. But with all that being said, they found out or found a way to have him order. So listen, how can I put it? Someone took offense at the statue. Even though the man was killed. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't uh, rob a bank. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He didn't like he did nothing to offend anyone. And yet dying and having a statue placed for dying is still offensive enough for someone to vandalize the statue, right? All right, so let's check it out. It says, two statues of George Floyd recently unveiled to mark Juneteenth were vandalized this week, and the New York Police Department is investigating one incident as a hate crime. Four people, how, how do they know four people? Okay, that's interesting. Four people defaced a six-foot wooden sculpture of Floyd's head in Brooklyn just before 4 a.m. So my Brooklyn people, I guess y'all need to be on the lookout for these people. The suspects covered the monument with black spray paint and stenciled words referencing a group the Southern Poverty Law Center defines as a white nationalist hate group. Police re released surveillance video of the suspects approaching and leaving the area with cans of spray paint and called for the public's help in identifying them. George Floyd's brother Terrence, local elected officials, and others unveiled the statue by artist Chris Carnabucci. That sounds like um, a European. As part of a Juneteenth rally. The statue was expected to be on display at Brooklyn's Flatbush Junction for several weeks before moving to Union Square in Manhattan, according to the office of New York Council member Farrah Lewis. So. Oh, that's interesting. If you look further down on the page, George Floyd's brother is speaking and he's wearing a George Floyd shirt, but there seemed to be some type of rainbow pattern to the George Floyd shirt. Interesting. And brother, you got ripped off says just like Emmett Till's memorial. Right. They're, these people hate us so much that they get offended that, that we die, even though they're the one that killed us. <laughs> Let's think about how crazy this is for a minute. Right? The more I think about it, the more ridiculous and sickening it is and shows when Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad said that we cannot live with these people in peace, this is what he mean. You can't even die without being disrespected, right? Man dead, ain't coming back. He, you know, nothing else he can do. He got killed. He laid there and in essence, in reality, for the most part, let the white man kill him. And that's still not enough for white people. They still mad. Um, so that just shows the type of insanity that we have to deal with, right? So the reason I brought that up and I saw somebody, oh, it's Brother Patrick. Brother, Brother Patrick talked about it. He beat me to the punch. 
The reason I talked about it is because I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to set the scene for that because something else took place this, I believe, this week. And I'm going to bring it up. And we're going to talk about it because what's interesting is what's interesting about this case is that come to find out that this person in this case is relatively known um, in the community. And when I say in the community, I'm like, like quote unquote conscious community. And um, and so when I saw people talking about the case, I hadn't heard anything about it. And so um, somebody was like, yeah, have you heard about this? And I'm like, no, I have not. And then they told me who he was and, you know, some of the connections he had. So it says police on Saturday arrested the man suspected of shooting a Daytona Beach police officer in the head earlier this week, leaving the officer in critical condition and launching a days long manhunt. Police Chief Jakari Young said an early Saturday press conference that the suspect identified as Otho Wallace was captured while hiding in a treehouse in DeKalb County, east of Atlanta. Says Wallace was found in a remote wooded area with multiple weapons, ammunition, and body armor. Now we get to the part, right? The property, this is this is what this is what they're reporting. I cannot verify this information this is what the police are reporting the next the next part so this is the um this is the police uh reporting this this is not me says the property where wallace was found is affiliated with the pro-gun group known as nfac an organization known to demonstrate against white supremacy and police violence Young said Wallace was being held in Georgia on Saturday morning, but would be returned to Belusia County, Florida, and held on a charge of attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement official. Young credited surveillance and technology for leading them to Wallace, while the reward for information leading to Wallace's capture was raised to twenty thousand. No, excuse me, my bad, two hundred thousand dollars. Young said no one was qualified for the reward. Meanwhile, the injured officer, Jason Rayner, 26, continued his recovery. Young said that there was very positive signs of improvement. Rayner was out of surgery on Thursday, according to a statement from police. According to a statement from the Daytona Beach Police Department. And then they say that surgery was successful. Why am I bringing this case up? Because literally. Every interaction between a black man and the police could potentially go one of two ways. If you are fortunate, the interaction with the police can leave you with a ticket or a knock on the door to tell you to turn your music down. That's if you're fortunate. 
or you get in an accident and they get your insurance information. If you're unfortunate, you're George Floyd. If you are unfortunate and your reflexes are quick enough and you're armed, you're this brother. Brother O. In the grand scheme of things, if you have the have a choice as a black man between being George Floyd and Brother O, everyone here would choose to be Brother O. As Ice Cube once said, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. Now, Brother O defended himself against police terrorism. How can you say he defended himself against police terrorism, brother? You weren't there. Well, as a black man who was minding his own business because the police approached him and then called in to say, he see us a suspicious person. The man is in his vehicle, which is his property. And his vehicle was, from my understanding, on the property of family. So if I'm in my vehicle, which is my property, and then the vehicle is on the property of family, how can then can I be suspicious where I am minding my own business? Except I'm only suspicious because I'm black. So even though George Floyd was murdered and Derek Chauvin received a 22 and a half year sentence, which he will probably serve less unless the federal charges come in and up the ante. The police still think that a black man sitting in his vehicle is suspicious. How can I be suspicious if I'm sitting in a vehicle, which the only way you can drive a vehicle sitting in it, maybe I'm getting ready to drive off. Maybe I'm not getting ready to drive off. Maybe I'm on the phone. Maybe I have TVs in my vehicle and I'm watching TV. The point is, there's no reason for the police to approach me about anything. And of course, they say that they have some video and I'm going to make a short form video about this whole case when I get more information. But they claim they have the, the video, uh, uh, either the dash cam video, I think it's a dash cam video, but it seemed like it starts after the fact. Right. But the question is, why is the police asking this man or talking to this man or stopping this man at all? Why are you bothering me? That's the question. The, they are going to give the narrative that, oh, he reacted irrationally or whatever the case. Or they're going to use his uh, connections, possible connections with NFAC and whoever else he may be connected with that I've heard some information through the grapevine, but I have not verified it because I don't know the brother. Being forwarded to uh, Sister Vanessa, uh, being forwarded peace and blessings to uh, Brother Crow. So since I haven't verified that information, I'm not going to speak on the information until I have some things verified. But in the grand scheme of things, is it not rational for a man who comes from a people who have been brutalized by the police 
and have made an issue of it publicly for at least 60 years. I've shown clips here on, on this show of Malcolm X talking about police brutality in 1962. It's 2021. So it is a rational decision for any black man to think, I fear for my life. The police have been brutalizing black people. It's police officers here in front of me asking me questions for no reason. I'm minding my own business. I am a member of a black organization or as they're saying it now, maybe he's not. I have some type of, uh, let's say, on, let's say his Facebook has some type of affiliation with black organizations because the police know this stuff. Right? So if that's the case, why would I not fear for my life? Right? If they're saying this now, if they're saying this now, that means that they've seen something on, on his social media or there's something about him or the police have done some type of investigation because they came up with that too quick. So if that's the case, and I know that, I have to fear for my life. It's the equivalent. If you're Huey P. Newton in 1967 and the police are behind you, you're going to think, hmm, it's going to be a rough day. You would like to be able to have the interaction with the police and tell them I'm driving on my way. Or in this case, <laughs> I'm sitting in my vehicle, sir. How can I help you? Well, why are you sitting in your vehicle? Let's think about how, the, how this interaction could have gone because we don't know. The brother's sitting in this vehicle. The police come up and say, we have a report of a suspicious person. How am I suspicious when I'm sitting in my vehicle? Well, again, there's no logical answer that the police are going to give. Whenever you ask police questions that they can't answer, that's when they get aggressive. We've all interacted with police. If you ever ask them something that they can't answer, that makes them look like a fool for even interacting with you. That's when they get aggressive or that's when they threaten you. I know because I've had that interaction. As soon as you ask them a question they can't answer, first thing they start talking about, well, maybe we'll take it down to the police station. Again, you have no reason to stop me and interact with me here. How do you, what justification do you have for to interact with me at the police station in your custody? Right? These are how these things go. If you're a black man in America, you've been through this. If you're in New York, you've been stopped walking. Everywhere else, everywhere else, you probably have been stopped driving right oh we have we have actual trolls in the building brother you got ripped off have at it so we all have dealt with this for three four five generations if you have a father maybe your father had told you stories your grandfather even has told you stories, right? You understand what you're dealing with when you're interacting with quote unquote law enforcement.
we all know that that can go left quickly. So in this situation in Florida, where every weapon that the brother had is registered and legal, and he has the right to stand his ground, you know, the castle doctrine that everyone in America is familiar with now because of the murder of Trayvon Martin. The question isn't, did Brother O act irrationally? The question is, why did the police bother him in the first place in his vehicle, which is his property? That's the question that no one is going to ask because Again, when you ask police questions they can't answer, they want to get aggressive. Right? And I wanted to talk about these two because these things are interrelated. Every interaction with the police for a black man can possibly, though hopefully not, end up in one of these two extremes. Him or me, right? It's not even fight or flight because there, George Floyd, there was no, there was no flight, there was no fight. There was only dead. There's only death for him. This situation, we don't know the prelude, but brother, oh, still remembering George Floyd, case still fresh in his mind. Like, I'm not going out like George Floyd. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what is on this race soldier's mind. This looks like a police officer, but it could be a terrorist wearing a police uniform. He is harassing me for no reason and is not following police protocol. I have reason to believe that this is actually not a police officer, but is indeed a white supremacist terrorist who wants to kill me. And I'm going to defend myself based upon the law, right? I'm going to defend myself using my second amendment constitutional rights to be legally armed and I fear for my life. The People are masquerading as police and terrorizing black people. I am not sure if this person is a police officer because he's not following police procedure in Florida because my property, I am allowed to sit in peacefully and I'm being harassed. This is not the actions of a normal police officer. I suspect this could be a terrorist. I have to act quickly or I may be killed. That's the decision that Brother O made. They're going to say he acted irrationally, but we just had the discussion. Is that irrational behavior based upon the history of terrorists masquerading as police officers? And in fact, this goes so far back that a KKK member told Elijah Muhammad in the 60s that this was the plan of the KKK to infiltrate the police department. Here we are in 2021 trying to figure out 
why do we still have a problem with the police? Because the police and the KKK are literally the same people. So there's a white supremacist terrorist from, from what we can see. Could be wrong. But one of the ways you find out whether or not a person is a white supremacist terrorist is to get killed by them. And I don't, that's not really a good option. Brother, you got ripped off, says, I believe in Florida, a vehicle is considered an extension of your home. So, yes, anyone intruding is breaking and entering and you're justified to shoot. Well, there it is. Castle doctrine. Man's home is his castle. Your vehicle is an extension of your home. Thus, person is violating your home. And cut and dry to me. You know, it's kind of simple. But of course, the reason I want to talk about it is because they're going to give us a different story and a different narrative. And like I said, I'm going to make, when I get more information, a short form video of this so that more people can see it and digest it in less time. And Sister Vanessa says, this is why that police protection law needs to be abolished. They use it to justify running up on black people and committing murder. Exactly. And wait a minute. Old Bugnets and Jim Clyburn said he didn't want them to abolish it. Oh my goodness. It that doesn't surprise me, but it still makes my head hurt you saying that. Because Jim, I don't even know how old Jim Clyburn is. You know, I don't. If you're not over 30, you probably haven't experienced this, but like it's always weird when you become an adult and somebody was old when you were a child and they just seem to have just reached a point where they're just old and they stop aging. But, you know, they have to be aging because the first time you saw them, (laughs) you were like 10 and you're 35 and they're still have that job they're still in some type of political office and you're like why are they here and they're even worse than they were when you first saw them or first heard about them or first saw them on the news or heard your father or your grandmother talking about the person that's jim clyburn now he's one of those people he the older he gets the more of a negro he becomes and you know when you first people first talked about him, they talked about him like he was like um you know talk about him like he was for black people or something I don't know if he was ever for black people, but as I get older and evolve, it's like, man, this is a, this dude is a Negro. Sister Vanessa said Jim Clyburn uses fish fries to garner votes. Doesn't take much about black people, unfortunately. So I, that doesn't surprise me at all. You got ripped off, said Morgan Freeman. And, yeah, right, 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 brother. Morgan Freeman was at least middle age when I was a teenager when. Was I even a teenager when Lean On Me came out? Is that the movie? And that movie's like 35 years old or something. Morgan Freeman's still here. You know, I ain't got nothing against him, but I think he said something about racism not existing or something. He said one time, some Negro stuff. I was like, really? Uh, okay. I mean, you, you get a good check. Cool. And then uh, Brother Crow said, I won't be surprised at the piece. Slap the brother with federal charges. Um, I, I, won't, I won't be surprised at anything. The reason I want to bring up this case, I was talking to someone I, and um, 
I said, well, if they've arrested him, we have to publicize it and tell his side of the story so that our people can get behind him. And that will kind of lessen um, it kind of lessen the chance of them doing something where he slips and falls in the shower and or commits suicide, right? Like they just got a uh, some Europe uh, European that does um, McAfee, the one that does uh, computer uh, security. He just quote unquote committed suicide in um, Spain. Even though he had a tattoo that says, I will not commit suicide, or if I die, I didn't commit suicide, something, something to that effect. So, and they still went with the he committed suicide story. So, I mean, that's the elites for you. Uh, before they straight black pride, Brother Desaline, good to see you here, brother. Appreciate you. And our wonderful producer says, Clyburn is 80. He turns 81. Uh, less than a month. And, and Brother Kevin says, he was, he never was, and he's from my state. He's worse than Tim Scott. Man, Tim Scott, wow. And Tim Scott's the conservative. Man, he's a complete Negro. I guess Clyburn's worse because people expect him, because he's a Democrat, expect him to be for the people. So he bamboozles the people, and then they vote for him. Then he goes, does Negro stuff. Yeah, I guess that makes it worse. And brother, you got ripped off, says, why can't R. Kelly, R. Kelly commit suicide? Yeah, we are late with, um, you know, we're late with that. <laughs> That's all I say. You know, there's still people trying to defend Robert the Rapist. I'm like, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I, I just will repeat this again for everyone that wants to try to talk about it's possible that uh, Robert the Rapist did not do it or set up or whatever. Robert Kelly married. Aaliyah Halton when she was 15 and he was 28. That's that's it. That's all. He's 28, married a 15-year-old, and they altered, he altered the documents. And he did that before all the other stuff. So anyone that wants to sit around and argue about Robert Kelly's innocence or supporting him or any other madness. 28 married a 15 year old. So just think about your 15 year old daughter when you try to defend R. Kelly. All right. Now back to police murder. And uh, Brother Crow says Clyburn's been bug dancing for years. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Without question. So that was really the reason I wanted to cover these two things these polar opposite um, outcomes of black men's interaction with the police. And it really just shows how every situation between a black man and the police is potential for disaster for everyone involved. And it's not because of black people. Black, black people don't run around, you know, assaulting police for no reason. In fact, black people barely run around and do anything to police. It's only when things get to the point, right, where 
we get desperate and we brutalize so much and it you know getting out of summer gets hot you know how it is and then occasionally some black man where at one time we organized to resist occasionally now some black man says not today right cosmo september raw he said not today Michael Xavier Johnson, he said not today. Christopher Dorner was the police and he said not today. And our brother O simply said not today. Yeah, I'm not, not going out like that. And from people who I have talked to, he does this brother had done work in the community. Um he is um he, he does train with weapons. He is skilled with weapons. He does have training. He does offer that training to the black community um, so that black people can learn to defend themselves. Those things happen. Um, he is a believer in the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America and believes in his rights to defend himself as a citizen of the United States of America. These things are also true. So when they when they say that he had guns and this and that and ammo and blah 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 and we found this and that, all of those things are true. And of course, since we know they're true, the question is: Is there anything wrong with a black man in America defending himself? Is there anything wrong with a black man in America? having arms in a state where multiple firearms are legal where ammunition is legal where defending yourself on your property is legal right <laughs> see you realize now the more we talk about this the less justification for any interaction with the police to take place we find Brothers mind this business. But because he's black, dark skin, with locks, he's suspicious. But I suspect, and I can't prove this for sure, but I suspect that the police knew who he was and they just came to harass him because they knew who he was. Now, I could be wrong. I don't think they had any reason to bother him in reality. But one thing we know for sure, and you're going to hear this word from the police. You're going to hear this. I guarantee you this is going to be part of their narrative. They're going to call him a coward. Right? They're going to call Brother O a coward. But I'll ask you this. Who's more of a coward? The man who defends himself or the man who dies not resisting? Because we know if it's a European male and he defends himself, he's a hero. So why is the black man who defends himself, not a hero.
doesn't matter who you defend yourself against. You're defending yourself. The natural right of any living organism is to continue living until they naturally expire. That That's not a right given to you by the law. That's a right given to you by the nature of your existence. So if someone tries to violate the natural right of you to exist, what does Dr. Collard teach us? We must resist to exist. And Sister Farnessa says they've already called on cowards. See, there it is. They did rip, you know, they run us the same playbook. And then Brother Patrick says they're going to claim that Brother O is a black identity extreme. Absolutely. Oh, no question. Oh, yeah. Because, see, apparently the, the uh, police officer looks like he may live, so they can't call him a cop killer. But, you know, they like to throw that word around like, you know, like black people just run around like Jason Voorhees just, you know, macheting cops heads off or something. You know, whenever the police do something, somebody shoots back. Then, because that person has better aim, they're a cop killer. The police have better aim, you're just dead. You're a criminal then, right? So that's how that works. So with that, brothers and sisters, that's really all I wanted to cover. See, our brother Dawood just came in the building as I'm about to leave. I have business to attend to, and I have half an hour to get ready. Again, I thank you all for this live stream. Be sure to make sure you smash the like button. Be sure to subscribe. And this one, be sure to spread it amongst your friends and family and discuss this and leave comments if you think that I'm incorrect. But again, I believe that our brother O defended himself. And he chose to not go out like George Floyd. He chose to show black people that, hey, you don't have to lay on the ground dying for 10 minutes or begging for help while dozens or, you know, whatever number of people it was, stand there and watch you die. That there's another option. And we should do everything we can to support this brother. And I'm gonna get more information see where we can send money and try to, uh, we know he's not going to get bail, but for his legal fund and everything like that. Because this is what we can't do before I go. We cannot, as a people, sit around and say, I wish somebody would do something about this. I wish somebody would resist. I wish somebody would show the police they can't mess with us. I wish somebody would blah, 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 blah. All the things that we say. This stuff got to stop. Somebody got to do something. And then when somebody does something, then we don't support them and we just let them rot in jail or get killed. Right? That's what we can't do as a people. We can't ask for people to do something when somebody does something. We act like we don't know them. Oh, no, I don't know them. No, I don't know. Right? This brother was doing work in the community. From everything I've heard, this is a real brother doing real work in the community, working with the children, training our people to defend themselves. And he was minding his business. And the officer comes and 
harass him for no reason. And he got what he was looking for. He wanted somebody suspicious. I wasn't suspicious. But I could be suspicious. Leave me alone. I'm minding my business. I'm on my property. I'm in my vehicle. I'm not doing anything. And you're acting out of order as a police officer. So I have to assume that you're a white supremacist terrorist because you're not acting as a police officer because you're not following police protocol. Because I'm not doing anything. And normally when people aren't doing anything, the police don't bother them because it's not the police job to bother people who aren't doing anything. See how this works. So I have, as, as a black man who's well-trained, I have made the assessment that you're a terrorist in police uniform. Could be wrong, but I can't risk my life guessing. Hey. And as Ice Cube said, rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. With that, brothers and sisters, I appreciate you all for listening. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Be sure to check the replay before. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Again, I am your brother, DC Radical One. This is the Center Live. Normally, we're on every Sunday at 2 p.m. This was a special time, a special case, special broadcast. Follow me live on Instagram at DC.Radical1. On Twitter at DC underscore radical underscore O N E. The cash app is dollar sign DC radical one. Of course, this is the YouTube capital D small C radical one. And the email is DC dot radical underscore one at protonmail.com. Again, I appreciate you all for your support. And thank you, brother. You got ripped off for the cash app. Wanted to make special mention of that. And with that, I say a BB for ODA and straight. Black Pride. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in fed book jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. 
I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTW tube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to otwtube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.